1: back to the fantasy football report i'm Blair andrews
2: and my co-host asan Rahim. asan how's it going uh man you know it's been a it's been a fun day an interesting day of football i, I can't say everything went my way but you know uh there were some really horrific uh, horrific injuries though today um uh we're still sort of in the in the early discovery phase, but you know, as as Cobra Kai mentions in the chat, it is a moment of silence for Tank Tell. He did suffer, I think, a season ending fibula injury. There's some other injuries here. It looks it sounds like Kenny Pickett. Uh he he went out fairly early in the game. And uh it sounds like he's gonna get a uh, an ankle surgery that's gonna keep him out for the next two to four weeks. Uh you know, four weeks that puts it what like it's, I mean he's potentially gonna return in time for any postseason run. If the Steelers have any So, you know, so you're looking at, I mean, today was just an injury-filled day. Um, There's no reason for us to start on a a, a bit of a down note. Let's just start with a good one. Um, Sam Laporta, he got nine of nine targets for 140 yards and a score in the Lions' week 13 win against the Saints. Yeah, I mean, you can, the the Saints have been, you know, just incapable of finding or defending anyone who is going to attack them via the slot. And today they just sort of had no answer for him. He just sort of, Became the go-to guy on third down as like golf just kept going to him. Uh you know, like he he had like a 41% target share today. And he also got his sixth touchdown of the season. Um, he's probably gonna be a top uh top fantasy option next week against uh, against the the Bears, although you know, he had three catches for 18 yards last week. So Blair, the question for you really is, you know, yeah, the uh Cobra Kai beat me to it uh where does he go next year like where do you have Sam Laporta uh
1: I mean man it's a good question because I think that with obviously Kelsey getting older and with a lot of I mean Andrews coming off injury you've got a lot of these other elite tight ends not necessarily performing as we expect um yeah, Cobra Kai says two, three turn. I think that that is probably that right. He right that um you could see him going into the second. I mean, is he the tight end too
2: in best ball drafts next year? I, I think that depends on what the Lions do, right? Like, I guess, I guess that really comes down to what happens to Kelsey's price. Like, do you think Andrews overtakes him? Do you think Kelsey drops out of the top two? Like, that's. I think I think Kelsey is still going to go T one, right? But I think it's going to be like it'll be like Kelsey at like the two oh nine, and then it'd be like who, right? Is it Andrews at two eleven, and then Board at two twelve, right? Um, yeah, that's a good question. I mean, we're talking like
1: underdog. Uh, I don't, man. You think? Kelsey yeah, because FFPC,
2: because he, FFPC, he's probably a one two turn pick, right? Like, right.
1: Right. So I think the obvious thing with Kelsey is just the age that that I think might scare people off. But in terms of his performance, um, he's been he's been playing well. Uh, Yeah. Hawkinson is another another guy to uh, to think about, possibly in that same range. Um,
2: I think I think the thing the, the thing with Hawkinson, at least my concern, at least with Hawkinson, is is that uh, right now we're sort of seeing the best of well, not necessarily the best, best, or like the positive, like the best upside, but like realistically, no Justin Jefferson and Jordan Addison as a rookie means that Hawkinson pretty much is gonna choke up a ton of that, right? So mm-hmm. I think if Kirk Cousins comes back, you're still gonna he's still gonna be contending with Justin Jefferson and then also potentially a surging Jordan Addison and potentially someone who they add they they think they, they're gonna add a running back, right? Whether it's through the whether it's through the draft, but like again like like with like with hawkinson like i think it becomes like a big tiering question right of like where these guys are going to go and like and that's really like to me like the the, the fun intellectual exercise because like you know like we're just trying to pick d names out of a hat right now right but, like i think the the big question is like mark andrews earlier than laporta yes right so then the question is who like who goes after that right right like yeah. Like assuming, assuming they don't, they don't, um, they don't trade away or or they don't add someone, um, like the Lions add someone via the draft, right? Like 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 a wide receiver. So where where do you expect the Porter to go? Right, like that's the question.
1: Yeah, I mean, I think that. Uh, yeah, I mean, it's hard to speculate, really, but. Considering what Laporte has done in his rookie year, you expect number one for him to possibly even get more opportunity if that's even possible. I mean, he had nine targets today, led the team. Um, So maybe he's already kind of at the upper limit in terms of opportunity, but you don't see tight ends. You don't see rookie tight ends have the kind of season he is having that often. Um, And you know, the one, the last one you can think of really who was like, this is maybe what Evan Ingram,
2: um, yeah, Hiddle, and Hiddle he was good
1: as a rookie, but not not like this, I don't think.
2: No, Ingram Ingram also was, if I recall, if I think back to that, he also kind of became the de facto slot slash X, if I if I if I am remembering correctly, right? Like the Giants didn't have a suitable like running mate. He like like what makes the Porter interesting is he's doing this despite having Amon Ross St. Brown and then also a phen- phenomenal pass catching back in Gibbs next to him. Yeah. Right. I
1: think right. I think when you get down to like Laporta versus Andrews, there are a lot of I think we have a lot of questions about Andrews because not only is he going to be coming off uh ankle injury <clears> that I mean I, I'm expecting he'll be back for the playoffs. Um I don't know what the latest news is on, on They games. said
2: deep playoff run, dude. Like that's like
1: bad. <laughs> yeah. I mean if they're in if they're Making a playoff run, I bet he'll try to play. Um, but even so, I mean, there's questions there because of the injury and also because even before he was injured, um, he was not being targeted the same as we have seen uh, in a lot of past seasons. Right? He had been underperforming a bit. So I think uh, I think you see Laporta go ahead of Andrews next year. I think oh, you shoot. probably don't see anyone going between Kelsey and Laporta. And even that. Do you think they go back to back? Well, I don't know about back to back. I mean, there's, a, yeah, possibly, possibly. <laughs> I mean, yeah, in Dynasty, this actually- in Dynasty. Like Laporta's is already the tight end one, right?
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah. David Philippi makes a really good point. He just drafted Laporta the TU one in round three yeah. for DLF mock. Round three seems round three is you know- <laughs> like that's later than I would than I would think he would yeah. go. So that seems like a steal. Actually, I don't know how Cobra Kai got our got, got our show sheet because he was talking about getting Trey McBride some love. <laughs> but he's literally the nice guy on the sheet. He had he got eight of his nine targets for 89 yards and a score in the Cardinals Week 13 you win know, over the Steelers. You know the TE one train for him also continues to roll. here. you know he um uh like Kyle Lamar has been going McBride's way the whole time. He is his number one target right as as uh, Hollywood Brown is dealing with a heel injury um here's another guy who's probably gonna you know be top five going forward so like where like where does where does McBride go next year right like I, I think that that's probably a better way to think about this is like goes twofold a little bit right like do you do you go um uh like Laporta and then where does McBride because in my head I had McBride as like a at a five six term I wanted to get your take there
1: yeah that seems about right kind of where Pitts was going um this last offseason season. Maybe. Although I guess the difference is that we've seen Pitts do a lot more in the NFL. Or not we've seen McBride do a lot more in the NFL so far than Pitts. Um yeah, I think the only thing like he had a game similar to Laporta in a lot of ways, not as many yards, but same kind of opportunity, same uh, you know, team leading target share. Um, the only thing that probably keeps him out of that top tier is that he doesn't have quite uh, the track record of doing it all season, right? It's kind of been a recent, a recent
2: <clears throat> thing for him. Yeah. Although, I mean, had he's several he's, other good games going. Back yeah, to, it, what? Yeah, could you pull up the eight, player status? Or I'd be interested in seeing that. Um, just because, just cause, I mean, it did, but it did take. He's done this, but like several other, like with another quarterback under center, uh, Josh Dobbs, and then, but like the 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 dirty little undertone here is that like. Hollywood Brown has been dealing with some kind of injury the whole season. Um, it, you know, the team really didn't want to sunset birds to this at the start. Right. And then it took Michael Wilson and a couple of other guys getting hurt. Right? Yeah, there you go. Like you have five weeks of like, like, I mean, because like we might as well be like, I mean, we drafted Trey McBride on our on our FFPC ME team. <laughs> we kept him for a couple of weeks, then we dropped him. We yeah, dropped we, him in like those foul weeks, and he's like, "Could we, probably, we have used him?" Yeah,
1: we probably dropped him in week six or something, right? right I think I,
2: I think I think we dropped him like week three or four. Yeah, yeah, like like it just like we drafted him and then we dropped him, right? Could we use those points? Mm, yeah, we could. Right? <laughs> well, we also have Laporta on that
1: team, so it's debatable. Yeah.
2: We do, um, but you know we, we are missing. We are missing. Uh, we were like we we're right, but like we, we we couldn't. We can't. We can't cash it. You can't right? wait forever
1: on on these kind of shallow in
2: these shallow leagues. Yeah, Shepard so, yeah, that... Makes a good point saying he looks like Higby be in twenty or twenty one, right? Um. Mm. So so it is. It is. like I don't know. Like, like what makes it so interesting to me is, or at least what worries me a little bit is the card like so the cardinals have a bunch of early picks right like will they move on from Kyler Murray's one to get an o-line yeah but then will they draft more weapons coming out right like like that like that's kind of my fear is that he might actually like McBride might face some kind of squeeze to where he could potentially like at five six you know right now I'd be feel pretty happy but like if they add two rookies, right, like with early draft capital, like round two, round three capital, then again, then I get a little nervous, but I think, I think I'm think i still going to be taking him at market price, if that makes sense.
1: I think that's right. Where, I guess, is the kind of upper limit on market price for you in terms of McBride's? I mean, considering what he's done the last five weeks, like you think of a guy like Owen Ra who came on at the end of the season in his rookie year, who... Um, different position obviously but the next season he was i want to say a fourth round like early fourth round pick
2: yeah he was an early fourth and I, he was that was still and that's way at too at low
1: position that you know like tight end in a way you could see mcbride going even earlier just because of how it's how bad the position is elsewhere
2: dude it's such a it's such a Way, i mean calling it a wasteland is something else it like it gives you such a positional advantage if you can get that spot right whether it's late or whether it's early whether it's mid right like you need to learn, you need to know how to structure your rosters around around that pick right now right so are you taking mcbride in the mid third no yeah there's i mean there's just so much i mean because like so like 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 just so uh uh yeah do you actually mind uh Pulling up Tyler Higbee's because this is interesting. It looks like uh yeah, like Tyler Higby's 2021 season. Mm-hmm. That's it. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, it looks it looks a lot like that, right? Like in those the
1: I guess except for a lot less sustained um wide receiver one or tight end one performance. That was on this underdog scoring, but still. Yeah, I mean the one thing is that you see yeah, ten expected points per game. I think you see um I mean you have McBride at these like almost 30% target share marks where Yeah, but that's that's Higby also just doesn't get no that else. Else.
2: Yeah, but they've also got nowhere else to throw the ball, right? Like today Marquise Brown I'm going to pull up his stats cuz I don't think he did. He got like a zero, put up straight up zero. Right. Um today's I mean today's game itself was really weird. So uh there was a couple of pretty bad inclement weather systems. We had hail, we had like crazy thunderstorms. Um, but like if you're going through this, Marquise Brown, three targets, no catches, right? Ronda Moore, two targets, one catch. Josh Swaim, two two targets, one <laughs> catch, right? It, it, like Greg Dorch, three targets, one catch. It, it like it really was a low flow, 23 attempts kind of game. And uh, even the the and the and the Steelers lost picket early, right? And so like they didn't really feel the need to press. And James Conner kind of got it down on the ground. Twenty-five carries, 105 yards, two scores, right? So um right not much to be said although i will say the one interesting thing i think amari de mercado got hurt and michael carter was running ahead of him anyway and he looked pretty explosive so i think i think um uh dynasty redraft anything just try and get uh michael carter on your squad this week because he might <laughs> be pretty big uh yeah. down the stretch um so so I think it's worth thinking about, especially if you're dealing with an injury uh, at the position, like we are with, uh, with Stevenson. Uh his ankle x-rays were negative. He's going to go for more testing. He like limped off really early. Um, he, the upcoming MRI is expected to reveal a sprain, um, but it's probably a season ender in my opinion, right? Like the, like the bats are two and 10. They've got like nothing to play for. Mm-hmm. Um, he's definitely going to miss this Thursday against the Steelers. And yeah, I mean, at that point, why bother? Right. right. Um, so that Brian locks Ezekiel Elliott in as like a bell cow, but like what's the upside there?
1: <laughs> yeah, right. Uh, Belkow on a on a team that's more or less given up.
2: Yeah, but but Someone but before who hasn't we been
1: efficient in in many years.
2: Yeah, but before we move on uh onto that, like the reason I'm bringing that up or why or why I brought up Michael Carter is because he could be like a viable fill in, uh just because there's not that many people left on waivers at this this late in the in the season. Um, but to go back to the you know the Trey McBride or uh, the Trey McBride discussion and right. sort of let's just bring in some other some other tight ends right like where do you rank him in like where like would he be a top six tight end for you next year? Uh, yes. <laughs> yeah. Right. I think so. I'm trying to think of who else
1: is is possibly going to get there. Like Hawkinson, we've discussed is kind of in that range. I think Kittle is definitely in that range um oh yeah that's probably want to drop out i mean as much as i hate to say it unless there's a coaching change in atlanta you have to drop pits a little bit lower um
2: i think i think pits is probably the te8 yeah that makes sense that makes sense i just don't know who is going to go to yeah there it is uh jake ferguson is probably going to be the top seven next year
1: oh man yeah he could that's right um yeah, but I definitely would feel comfortable with McBride up in that in that tier. I mean, yeah, he did. There is there's not much else to throw to on Arizona, but I mean, he's been doing this for a while. Like nine targets yeah. this week, nine last week, seven, nine, five, fourteen. I mean, he's been he's been a target
2: hog for basically yeah. the last six weeks. So um, I think. Yeah. I mean, uh, so here's the question: Would you take McBride earlier than Hawkinson next year? Um, I would. I think. I think I would. I think. I'm. I think I take him earlier than than both Skittle and and Hawkinson, right? I think I would. If you assume that, say, the
1: Cardinals draft Marvin Harrison Jr., that hurts guys like Marquis That Brown hurts way like and, way more and than Greg, Greg died, Dorch.
2: And Greg Dorch. Oh man, no. Nah, Dorch is gonna get his. He's yeah, Dorch is gonna get his. his. <laughs> That's right. He's he's gonna get his. He's gonna get his like random spike weeks. Pull up the pull up his 20 like last year's season, because it's just wild, man. <laughs> he really emerged as three. like yeah, so pull up his 2022 season. <laughs> and, I tell that. you, man, that's right.
1: Coming in off the street doing nothing, and then boom.
2: Yeah, that's right. <laughs> nah, I don't you know. You can only keep the Ferrari sideline for that long, baby. That's right. Um, yeah, so that's the Underperforming that's performing a little bit this year. I know, right? Um but that's that's kind of the issue, right? Is that like the 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 car well not necessarily the issue, but that's sort of the opportunity, right? Like the like the the receiving core in Arizona right now is so so barren and even if you add Marvin Harrison Jr., like you can't just expect Bright to, to go away. Right. Like they also released Ertz, which is a big deal. Right. Right? Like, um we always knew they had this faith, right? But
1: if anything, you could see you could see how adding another elite receiver like Harrison helps McBride because it uh, yeah. makes it much
2: more likely that he is getting looks near the goal line. Yeah, they're not they're not going to be they're not they're not going to be like um, one dimensional, right? right? Even they're if just, he has not a one dimensional offense,
1: even if he has a small drop off in terms of opportunity, you can you can make up for that with efficiency in a good offense, especially a tight end
2: yeah and and but like the thing is is that like Kyler is not really doing much he's like, frankly he's looked terrible throwing the football like he's looked really, really like he's looked really bad his That's fantasy cool. value is primarily coming from his legs, which is pretty impressive considering the fact that he's coming off a, an a c l tear right um yeah. so like there's a lot of uh there's a pretty big positive expectation gap to where we can actually you know begin expect so like i think i guess it goes back to the question of. If we have, if we're thinking Laporte is a two, three turn, then McBride at five, six, is that seems a little too low? Just right? That's what like, I'm
1: thinking, like, I think if McBride is going there, I think that he could
2: be my highest
1: owned player. Um, I suspect he'll be more like a fourth rounder. If I had to guess.
2: Oh, God. Yeah. I, yeah. I, I, that's that's the hard part, right? Because like I think I don't think he's gonna open as a fourth rounder, right? Like, I think mm. he's going to end as a fourth rounder. I don't think he opens as a fourth rounder. Yeah, right? like I can I can still see people gravitating towards Hawkinson, right? Like I like like, right. and that's the thing is that like with like there's like, well actually, I take that back, right? Because, well, because Hawkinson's like his next. Season early ADP is about to be deter- determined by this like this this finish that's coming up, right? Because Justin Jefferson returns next week, then it's Justin Jefferson and Jordan Jordan Addison, and, and, and never mind the fact that the astronaut is under center, right? And I think that that is what's going to be like driving some of this, right? Like, like he's still a viable tight end one, right? But that doesn't say much about the position, right? Yeah. Like. Because that's where he's what's where he's been all all year. He was drafted as one. But he was drafted as the third tight end off the board, I believe, or if if I'm remembering this. Um yeah, I think that's right. Right after Andrews. Right.
1: Yeah. I mean Hawkinson has definitely been good this year. You do wonder how much of that was related to uh his
2: but it's a lot. A lot of that is coming from the fact that I mean that Jefferson's like, on the field, right. Yeah. So just, I mean that's you can see literally where Justin Jefferson stepped off, right?
1: Yeah, I think I'm assuming it's in week seven.
2: Uh, yeah, that October 8th that versus the Chiefs Jefferson the Chiefs- the did not Chiefs play game. in week yeah. six, so
1: yeah, so, so yeah, go back to Hawkinson. Um, so yeah, you see this spike in expected points basically, yep, the week after Jefferson went out, and uh,
2: really, in terms, it's not, the- it's not like a spike, it's like a two axis spike in points, yeah, right, right, like, and I mean, that's like, um. He has
1: been efficient in that, in that span too. Like he's been pretty good. Um, But definitely you expect those uh, targets to come down. I mean, he's leading the league in targets for the,
3: for tight ends. I mean, at least going into this week we are fast approaching the holiday season we're always looking for the perfect gifts for those near and dear to us our families and friends and what could be better than a ticket to a live event we're heading towards the crucial weeks of the nfl season and there's so much sports going on but there's also concerts comedy theater so many other things that you can go and get a ticket to this time of year can be stressful looking for tickets getting the best price the best seats trying to figure everything out to have the best experience but it doesn't have to be like that because buying tickets tickets to your favorite events shouldn't be stressful game time is a fast and easy way to get tickets for all the sports music comedy and theater near you with killer deals on last minute tickets and their best price guarantee you can stop stressing over the tickets and start getting hyped for all the fun you will have they have exclusive flash deals they have the game time guarantee which means you'll always get the best price if you find a ticket in the same section and row for less game time will credit you 110% of the difference buying tickets in a matter of seconds two taps on their app and your set. So whether it's for a gift or whether it's just to treat yourself this holiday season, snag tickets without the stress with Game Time. Download the GameTime app, create an account, use the code ROTOVIS for $20 off your first purchase. Terms apply. Again, create an account, redeem the code ROTOVIS for $20 off. Download GameTime today. Last minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed.
0: We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash blue wire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed.
2: Yeah, again, Cobra Kai seems to be like, I, I, I think he might have written the show sheet, not me, because he <laughs> is talking about Nico Collins, who is literally the next guy on our sheet. He caught nine of twelve targets for 191 yards in a score today. He had a massive day. Uh, as the aforementioned Tank Dell uh, exited early, he made you know these these I mean circus catches, man. Like you know, he averaged over 21 yards per reception. Um, he also had uh, the only receiving touchdown today. He was like basically destroying like the Broncos. If you didn't watch that game, that um, you know with with Tank Dell pretty much gone. Uh, How worried are you that defenses will be keying in on Nico Collins? And, you know, where do you think he's going to actually be drafted next year?
1: It's a good question. I'm not that worried about teams um, kind of keying in on Collins. Uh, I think, you know, you saw that he was able to get, you know, to get it done today, even without Tank Dell um and with Noah Brown <laughs> doing nothing only drawing two targets and getting no yards um I know Brown came in questionable I don't know if he played the whole game or all the snaps or something but so yeah Nico Collins has definitely shown that he doesn't really need <laughs> doesn't need tank Dell opposite to be able to be productive at least against Denver um the Broncos are not For most of the season, they haven't been good, although they've looked better recently. So um, I don't think they're necessarily the easiest matchup. But, man, in terms of next season, Collins is a tough one to figure out because he has these huge spike weeks like this week and other weeks. And then the rest of the time, as you can kind of see here, wide receiver three uh, in in over half of his games. You know, that's fine if you're averaging – well, I mean, he's averaging 16 points a game, which is not bad. But, um, well, it's good actually. But,
2: but, but you know, you know, well, I mean, he's not really like he's fantastic for basketball because that's what you want, right? Like, this isn't this isn't what you'd get in like managed redraft. Yeah, right? like like that's like the uh,
1: it, yeah, it might be what you want in best ball. I have some questions about
2: that. But... Oh my god, I just. I just realized that I forgot to play Christian Watson because I, I was just going to say, mm-hmm. I was like, oh, I wonder if I saw Christian Watson in a bunch of places. I forgot to do that. Sorry, Dobbs. But I was going to say that profile looked very much like a uh, a Christian Watson profile. Right. I guess that's right. That, like, yeah. That, and that's where I think he would be going is where Christian Watson was going this year. Um, yeah, Bryce so... Ridley in the chat says I got some questions.
1: OK. Um, yeah. Watson was what, a fourth rounder?
2: Yeah, he was, like, solidly in the fourth round, right? Like, solidly in the fourth round. Yeah,
1: and it really does look like a pretty similar profile in terms of having some spike weeks surrounded by nothing. It's kind of the Will Fuller profile, which, um, you know, Will Fuller in the past has had a best ball win rate that exceeds what you
2: would expect given his... (laughs) Um he was also but he was also like going in the eighth routinely because he had like the That's injury true. prone label. We really need to bring injury prone analysis back into <laughs> fantasy sports and get rid of the the hyper like looking into you know splits versus zone and man and stuff. Like we just gotta go back to like back when people didn't know much because it's really frustrating right now. Like <laughs> back like... when you didn't know much. You knew not to draft <laughs> guys
1: like uh I don't even know who you knew how uh, to draft. Uh, Devin, we
2: knew not to draft Devin Funches, baby. We knew how to draft <laughs> Devin Funch. That's 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 the kind of polls that we're at. Like, right? Like, um, oh, we're dropping viewers like crazy right now, but it's fine. Um, now what 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 I was gonna say was was that with you know with with Nico, it's like he's probably like I don't know like you could potentially pencil him in as the wide receiver one, right? But like, um dank dell has looked awesome and he is going to be back you know what i mean like he is going to be back um so, and right. so for that that's why i'd like say like with with nico you'd want to take him in the fourth round especially in best ball because so i go ahead sorry no but just just because you're getting i mean it'll be very hard for people to not wildly draft the, the texans next year right But then then the issue is is you also don't want to be out over your skis in the event of some kind of snapback in terms of strap.
1: Sure. Sure. Yeah, the Texans are definitely looking like a team that's going to going to end up being overdrafted in terms of um, you know, like where in terms of like total team value. Um in the fourth, I'm probably out on Nico Collins. Uh, but yeah, Tank Dell obviously doing this as a rookie. As good as he's looked, I think it's gonna be hard to to uh really have Nico ahead of him next year if we get signal that Dell is fully healthy. Um so so that's a tricky situation, but I definitely will want to be in on some parts of that offense. And maybe the best way to play it is to unless CJ Stroud is like a fourth rounder as well, then I think he probably, probably will be. He might be the way to play it.
2: Yeah, uh, another good point here by fit. I bet the Texans will go after T. R. Yuke. Yeah, I think I think the Texans might consider going after one of these guys. Yeah. Um uh that is I I definitely would think that they'd be in on some of these bigger name wide receivers who are going to be free agents. Um uh but here's another guy who's who's 2020 2024 value. I'd love to get your thoughts on Devon Hn. He rushed 17 times for 73 yards and two scores today in their win over the commanders. He also caught three balls for 30 additional yards. He uh, worked in a split with Raheem Master for most of the day, but like as it as the game sort of was coming, like as the game was pretty much decided, the Finns pretty much um leaned on him down the stretch, right? He wound up leading the, the Finns in rush attempts and yards. He looked explosive and averaged five point two yards per touch. So, you know, a lot of people were like, um, uh, exercising a little bit of caution with HN because they didn't know what to expect. You know, if he's going to re aggravate something, uh, kind of want to get your take on him. Where, right? like, where is he drafted next year, man?
1: Yeah, man, he's a tough one, too. I think, uh, given what he did earlier in the season, if you could expect something approaching that, you wouldn't, it wouldn't be
2: crazy to have him in the first round. Yeah, um, I mean, that like his early. Se- I mean, can you pull up his early season? Like, first, it's yeah, it's, it's kind of comical.
1: The fantasy stats, and there's dude, also it's, it's not there's even also real. Something
2: wrong with the uh, with
1: this part of the chart with the detail. I think because there's, there's a, not enough info. Well, or, I think it's because yeah. he changed his name, right? So, this, oh, yeah, these stats are pulled from somewhere else that has the wrong name. Uh, so we'll have to fix that, but um. But yeah, it's it's obviously we don't have today's game in, but it is pretty funny to see, you know, 1.9, 1.5, and then these three crazy games. You know, like I mean, I don't think that these three games are like a baseline necessarily. I don't think we should think of them as that. Um, but I mean, you know, today is probably even a little bit above what you would expect him to do with the with the two touchdowns. But I mean even a stat line like this with one touchdown instead would be, would be something that I think you would be fine with in the first round. I think his size obviously makes him, makes it a little bit harder to get him into the first round. Um, Maybe you'd also expect some regression for the offense as a whole, but I think that's kind of a minor concern. So yeah, if he keeps up performances close to these, I think a, You know, having him in the late first is not crazy and um, might be okay drafting him there. I don't think that I don't think it's like a Tony Pollard situation where he where he goes up and becomes kind of undraftable at a first round price. I think a chain looks like he has the upside to have uh, have an RB one overall season.
2: Am I crazy about that? Uh where do you take mustard then?
1: I mean mustard, jeez, he's gonna be what,
2: 32. Yeah, but I don't think it's away, man. Like we, we discussed this a few weeks ago. Uh but they're only gonna keep him, they only have to pay two million to keep him. Yeah. Right? And he's been really good.
1: Yeah, he has. That's true. Oh man.
2: That becomes yeah. the issue, right? And then yeah. they've they've wanted to make either Jeff Wilson or Salvon Ahmed work but like the issue there is that you can't just like you can't just oh, man you you can't just say like i'm not going to have no a chan right like especially like you just like you're just going to have to eat it like you're just going to have to eat the price right like 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 i think i think next year you're just going to have to decide are you going to be market price, like like overweight you even weight or underweight at market because I think the Finns are all going to go like first three rounds, right? Like hill first round, um, H uh, and HM potentially the one two, and then Waddle somewhere like the two three, right? Yeah. Like I, I just think I just think the way your draft slot will will, will pan out is how this is your exposure is going to, uh, is is going to pay out, right? Like I think that that's the issue. I think that that like that is. Uh, it's just kind of like what, like, like what, like what Mike Pierce always preaches, right? Like, like uh, you can't just make a stand on some of these guys because you don't know how the rooms are going to react or how your ADP shakes out. You just are going to be stuck. Right. Right. A like, yeah. The the Dolphins are another tricky team because
1: they've played so well this year that it's hard to think about moving many of their guys down. I think, yeah. Waddle at the two three, given what he I think. Was, I think he's actually a, I see, I a think, little bit rich, but he he probably I think has, he has like, mid third I think he's Cache to to
2: stick at that at that price, so I don't think it's crazy to have him there. Yeah, I, but like here's the thing, like like I think I think I think Waddle and Devonta Smith, like all of these guys, kind of um drift downwards, right? Like like mm-hmm. they were going what like early second, mid second, and I think they just go down around, right? Like yeah. like do you think the public is going to be drafting someone like Michael Pittman earlier than these guys even though they potentially should given given that you know Pittman's been really really good and um uh Richardson's going to be back and I think that Pittman's going to be like yeah as you see, see but look at your face <laughs> you, you you don't want any Michael Pittman and I, I think I've, come, I've I've come around on him which is which sucks I'm drafting
1: Josh Downs ahead of Pittman
2: Well yeah but like um no,
1: I hear what you're saying. I think that I think that uh I don't yeah, the industry does seem down on Pittman and I can understand why, but he has played well this year. So maybe it's unfair uh to him to have him that. But but like the, the, the
2: thing the thing the, the thing with Pittman is that he's like the classic example of uh projection, right? Like he's the classic example of projection. And mm. and I think that like like that's like where it comes down to your draft philosophy a little bit, right? Like we don't typically chase those guys, but I like, like if you're, if you're someone who goes by that, then you're like, well, I want another team's RB like wide receiver one ahead of these wide receiver twos, like the Waddles and the Smiths. Although, you know, Waddle and Smith have been, I mean, Waddle has been more disappointing than, than, um, than Devon Smith, right? Like, 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 like Devon Smith has stayed hot, right? Like he, um, right. he got nine of 11 targets for 96 yards and a score in the Eagles' week 13 loss. Uh, he hauled in a, a two yard touchdown in the fourth quarter. He's found the end zone back to back weeks and four times in the last five games. Right. Mm. Um, he said he finished second only to AJ Brown today. Like, Frankly, Smith has caught 22 passes with 301 yards and two scores in the last three games and averaged nine targets per game. But this is the thing with Devonta Smith. He always goes off when Dallas Goddard isn't in the lineup, right? <laughs> which sounds like it's like really basic analysis. But if you pull up his on off splits, it's pretty true. Right. He's a fringe wide receiver one uh, probably next week if if the game with, with with the with the Cowboys is based up. Right. Mm-hmm. And I think and I think that's kind of where where uh, philosophically we're gonna have to think a little bit on this, right? Because with 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 Pittman, you're going towards um a guy who potentially pencils in for like what a 26, 20%, 20, 28% target share. Right. Then you have your your Josh Downs and then your Alec Pierce's, and then JT's gonna get his, right? And like with Anthony Richardson, a guy who's still a bit of a black box for us. Do you, do you run with that? Like, what, like, what is his yard? Like, like how do you project that out? Yeah. Right. And I think that that's, that's where it gets a little difficult. Right.
1: Yeah. I mean, I guess the difference for me does come down. Maybe you can say it's talent, but it might be team quality. I mean, you look yeah. at Devonte Smith, 37.8 FPOE last season, 35.4 this season you look at Pittman and he was yeah. negative both seasons he was neg- he's negative this year um so yeah obviously some of that is the difference between playing for the Eagles with Jalen Hurts and playing for the Colts with um Minshew and uh yeah, that, it's, it's that explains positive that explains some of it but uh I still think you have a you have a difference in terms of in terms of uh talent that, yeah, at least pushes me more in the
2: direction of guys like Smith and, and and yeah, Max but like, I think I think that's how the public is also going to be drafting, right? Like right. I think that there's been like a flippening in how people view this this stuff, so I think that that's where you're going to get Devonta Smith and Waddle like probably just floating down around, right? And then that's where you have to make your stand a HN, right? Like, do you take him where he's supposed to be? Like he's going to be like. His price is gonna be all over the like the issue with HN I think is if the is if the if if the the Finns go out and, and draft a big back early in the draft and you could see them potentially doing that. <laughs> um right? because they've they they can't get anything out of Jeff Wilson. they can't get anything on Solvan Ahmed. Mossert is old, I don't know how much they really want to run him out, right? And then that in itself would probably crater HN. But I don't necessarily see um HN as uh losing his job I see him more so as a compliment right so I can see they're probably taking a round three guy which is still early for a running back right
1: yeah yeah man that's uh that sounds crazy for the Dolphins to draft a draft a round three running back but I guess they might do something crazy like that um yeah I mean well how at what price do you think that you're
2: out on HN I don't think you can be. I think you just have to figure out like how much you want of him and then just have to s- swallow the ADP. Like you just have to swallow market price. Yeah. Like I don't think I don't think we can reliably set them like 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 this year, I saw people saying H hey, chance is RB five, and I'm like, all right, fifteenth round HN it is, or right, sixteenth round HN it is. Right. <laughs> and I'm I'm not gonna be able to cash in on a lot of those teams, unfortunately, because um Hn didn't play for much of the season, but had he had he actually played for most of the year, you know, I'm here popping bottles, right? Yeah, like like I'm like I'm legitimately, you know, taking. Yeah, Schiff is right. He's just going to have us taking at one of six. He probably will. He probably will. That's that's kind of my issue, right? Is that like I mean, right think now about, sitting,
1: Think about who you who you can have. It's not that hard to make a case. I mean, you consider Jamar Chase not- has. Uh not played well. Burroughs hurt. Jefferson coming off injury. Um, those guys you might want to move down just because of the question marks there. Then you have McCaffrey
2: and MC goes one on one, right? And you get Bijan one or two. Bijan maybe, maybe. but if two. Arthur Smith is still there, right. maybe you have HN yeah. ahead of Bijan. I don't think you can have I don't think you can have HN ahead of ahead of Bijan, but like um I, I think I think but like you can make a case if HN, HN keeps as like,
1: playing like this, he could outscore Bijan this year,
2: dude yeah he he might, yeah, and that's the crazy thought right um is h n might be a, the one o two h n one two well where does that leave gibbs yeah, one oh three yeah one oh three right uh that that's the issue right like, i think I think the thing I'm getting the most pain out of is <laughs> is is being right on h n at like thirty eight percent no yeah thirty eight percent I'm just yeah. like Trying to think, yeah, like it's. I have so many dead underdog teams with him on them, and I'm just oh, like, man. trust the process, baby. Um, right, so I've got like a ton. Like, he, like most of these teams are dead, right? And that's, and that's the kind of thing is like, is like these teams are are they they're dead, they're not coming back. Um, and it sucks that I can't cash in on this, right? I, I can't cash in on, uh, on, on being that HN backstop guy in all the drafts. And I, it just so happened that I just like, uh, like eventually he just became cheaper than Kendra Miller for a bit. And I was like, all right, I'm all in. Like, that's just like, I just cannot let this slide. Right.
4: Um,
2: uh, but, but yeah. So, I mean, I mean, so that's kind of the hard, like that's like the hard one. And I wanted to actually keep discussing some, some other guys who we want to like start touching on. um, uh, so we should start start running through them. Puka Nakua, uh, another guy, caught four seven targets, 104 five yards, and a score. Uh, he also added two carries, 34 yards on the ground. Um, right, the game began like he he was insane in the first quarter. Like he had like almost all of his receiving stats in the first quarter. He had a 70 yard seam route. He just like outran whoever the Brown safety was for a TD. Um, N- Nakua, uh, you know. Over 1,000 receiving yards on the year. He's the first Rams rookie to ever reach this milestone, right? Like, it looked like Nakua suffered this massive soldier injury. He was able to finish and return the game, right? And he rattled off two long runs, like a 34 31 yarder and a 45 yarder. Uh, one that was actually that one was actually called back on like a holding call. He's probably good to go next week against the Ravens. Mm -hmm. So, like, where are you drafting this guy, right? Like, Cooper Cup is looking kind of it's sad, but like Cup is looking a little washed, right? Like he's still very good, but like Nakua is really, really, really running. Oh man, yeah. Evan, Evan, Evan makes a really good point. He might be priced similar to ARSP in year two. So considering that, like that's what, like early fourth, how like oh my God. I'm gonna have so much book on Nakua next year at that <laughs> price. Do you draft Nakua ahead of Cup next year? Yes. I'm doing it. Yeah. 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 Look, 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 because, because it almost feels like Nakua is now the new cop, right? And cop is now the new woods. And remember last year, like, I think really what's going to happen is when drafts happen, they're going to go back to back. Bam, bam. Well, well, actually, no, actually, I don't know. Because if if Evan, Evan is saying if Puka is going to be priced similar to ARSP in year two, that means cop is probably like a one, two turn guy, maybe even early second guy. So you still got that buffer. I don't think they're going to go back-to-back with that Woods-Cup dynamic. But Man, I think that I that's going to be the dynamic that exists.
1: I don't necessarily see Cup going much past, like, 206 or something. It's yeah, like, but, that's the thing. But
2: I also think that Puka could get into the second round. So I yeah, don't think I, that's crazy. I mean, I, I, I don't know. Evan, I just wanted to ask you, like, I'm going to talk to you here. Uh, do you think that <laughs> that the that the that the drafting populace is a lot sharper than they were when they were letting ARSB go or is it just that much more uh, opportunity cost at at from player selection there
1: i think definitely that people have gotten i don't necessarily want to say sharper but i definitely want to say probably in part because of arsb and other guys there's been a lot of yeah more willing to move guys way up the board to draft guys Early, yeah, because of a rookie breakout. Because
2: of uh, yeah, everyone's got on to the season, season. right? Because the year because when ARSB was going where he was, the third year breakout was still the prevailing narrative, and it's crazy, it's crazy because that was not that long ago, it was a couple of seasons ago, yeah, exactly. I think that's that's right, yeah, yeah, Evan. He says people now understand that betting on young players that flash early is a correct move. And historical anomalies, he says that people are sharper in terms of taking wide receivers. I think both of this is correct. I think this is where we're struggling is because, um, uh, people aren't afraid of drafting rookie wide receivers. I've been playing this so long that I remember when people were scared of drafting AJ Brown because of Corey Davis and Adam Humphreys. All right. (laughs) Right. Like, like, like i remember those days like i still, i still remember those conversations i remember those conversations as if it was yesterday
1: i remember when josh gordon had like 800 yards in his rookie season and he was still like a ninth round pick going into year 2 and now i mean a rookie does that in his rookie year
2: yeah I'm talking third round right and that's like the thing is that is that we need like it's and like the thing is that there's been a lot of turnover at the wide receiver position right so like so it's almost like the game is figuring out who the the undervalued veterans are. But like this is a discussion about Puka. I do think I do think Puka will open. where you said he would, Evan, in that he will be that fourth round pick. And I think that's where I think that's where we are gonna have to just like just make a conscious decision. Look, we, we have we have one or two things to do as a community, right? Either we're all gonna decide all right, we're not going to go on Twitter and try and blow up his price. We're going to try and depress his price, keep him at this fourth round ADP as much as possible. Or we're just going to make a decision that, all right, we're all in and we're going to like force this like efficiency to occur. Right. I kind of prefer the former where we're just sort of not letting everybody in on the secret. Um, <laughs> right. Like you see Cooper Cupco and then you're like, oh, I'm going to chill and wait for another couple of rounds. And then I'm just going to take my puka and be out. Right, I think that this is where we're looking at. Um, and Mm -hmm. uh, on the flip side, yeah, Kyron has been you know, uh, right, so like Kyron has been lights out as well, right? Like Kyron Williams has played pretty well. Do you think the Rams will go after a running back? I think they might. We've had this discussion with Connor, but
1: I think they might too. I mean, Kyron obviously has looked great, you do see a lot of times where these running backs who play well because their team didn't invest a lot to get them. They don't necessarily think of them as like a long-term solution. So I think uh, you have a couple factors, of course, being, you know, Kyron already was hurt this year. Um, Running backs have shorter careers. Anyway, you want to always be ready for, um, to replace the guy because you don't want to have to do it after he already is, you know, bad or hurt. So it wouldn't surprise me to see the Rams draft another guy. Um, you know, I'm thinking of, like, you have guys who are undrafted or seventh-round picks or something, like Philip Lindsay who play well, and then their teams go and draft someone over them anyway. Kyron's probably played, time, yeah. played better than, um, than Lindsay did, so maybe he has some additional kind of staying power uh he was also drafted i want to say was he a sixth or seventh rounder um there's a yeah. little more a little more in his a little more of an investment uh into him but still yeah i don't think it's out of the question for the Rams to take a guy in like the third or fourth round
2: yeah Second they, round they certainly maybe. need the help uh yeah, they certainly need the help um going to switch gears up on on what i discussed earlier what i said earlier about undervalued veterans um Debo Samuel, he got four of four targets for 116 yards and two scores. And the Niners this week 13 win over the Eagles. He also had three carries for 22 yards and a score. This is pretty much the best day of the season. Of course, it comes after you and I with our Debo Samuel team are eliminated from the FTC. <laughs> um, right, like he took short passes for long gains on his ways to scores from like about 50 yards out both times. Right. He also had an untouched carry uh, uh, to the for, uh, for the end zone. Um he, He's unfortunately only totaled 232 yards from scrimmage and three touchdowns and 17 touches. Oh, well, no, that's over his last two games. Sorry, I look in the wrong stat. Um, so he's probably going to look to continue running hot, but this is a guy who was going in the mid fourth all year, right? He was going earlier than Ayuk, which was you know, in hindsight, just a bad, bad pick, right? Um, so what do we like? Where do you think he goes next year? And how much of him do you think you might have? Um, I'm probably going to have quite a bit because I expect he'll be the
1: cheaper of the... other yeah, uh, two, right? Of the two.
2: Of the three, really, with Kittle as well.
1: Yeah, right. I mean, even today, Kittle and Ayuk both out-targeted him. Um So you have those forces, you know, people who are only looking at the targets, looking at the opportunity, who are saying Samuel is at best the third option in this offense and then you also have the fact that Ayuk uh has looked really good this season and before this game I don't, I don't actually have the scores handy but maybe he has been scoring better than him um so no
2: last last week I think Ayuk Ayuk went had had more had more PPR points
0: yeah
1: right that's what i'm saying i think Ayuk yeah. is
2: outplaying him on the season on a season oh yeah process. easily so,
1: um so in terms of that i think you probably like, maybe you just see them flipped from where they were.
2: I think last he goes year. cheaper, dude. I think he's cheaper because there's going to be younger guys going earlier now, right? You think Samuel we're, is we're,
1: cheaper we're, than Ayuk was? Like, later not just September?
2: cheaper. I, I, think, I, think, I think Debo is going to be a seventh round guy. Wow. Okay. Which sounds crazy to say, but like, we've just discussed a handful of young guys who are going to be going earlier, and all that's going to do is push prices down right? Like, 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 Debo is going to be one of the guys who ended up going... I mean, you need to pull up his, like, stat page because historically he's... Is, he is bu- like, his like, he's a... like, his bust, right? Like, because the way... Yeah. Everyone is saying that I have 100% Debo in the seventh round. Yeah. I agree. But I think that's where he's going to go, right? Because this is what you're kind of looking at, right?
1: Yeah, and then, I mean, today, obviously, you have the... Uh, it's going to be... Like his best game of the season, which is not in there yet. Yeah, it's not um, in
2: there yet. But like, but like, I really think that with all the young guys who are going to be getting pushed up, this is a guy who's going to get. He just has to get pushed down, right? Because there are a bunch of running backs who are going to go, and then there's going to be a bunch of other guys that you want to start taking in those ranges. Like Marvin Harrison Jr. and all these other guys, right? Like, I I really think Debo is going to be a, a, a veteran who gets pushed down.
1: I can see that, I think, but I think there are also a lot of guys who were going in that range who are going to drop out, like, entirely.
2: Yeah, um, it's, 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 a good, it's a good question from and Evan. It, How would he drop three to four rounds? The only, the only way I'm saying he drops that far is because we're just going to see a lot of guys who are going after him get pushed up, right? Like, I'm, like, I'm saying that there's going to be, like, a pretty big shift. To where you see him going higher or earlier than a lot, like it's not—it's not so much as he's going to be dropping. It's more so that there's going to be a lot of people taking other guys earlier. But yeah, maybe seventh is a little aggressive on my side. But like again, Ayuk was was—I can't remember—was he like mid-fifth by the end of it, or was he like in the fifth sixth? Because yeah, like, yeah,
1: Ayuk was a fifth rounder, and yeah. Samuel was late third, early fourth. So I think having so him switch even if makes you flip sense. them. Maybe you even see IU going a little bit earlier than where Debo was
2: last off. Yeah, season. but then what? Where do you take Kittle then? Right, like was Kittle like a fourth rounder then?
1: Man, Kittle was available in the fifth round in a lot of drafts. Right. Yeah.
2: Even in FFPC he was going. Program, he, was he, going, was going than, he was going earlier than he was going earlier than IU too.
1: Yeah, at least in FFPC.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, even even in in um everywhere, right? So it's. David thinks that's Kittle the one who goes in the seventh. That might actually be an interesting call. I think um, that
1: probably
2: makes some
1: sense. Um Kittle did I mean, well, he looked pretty good today. 6 targets, 68 yards is is fine for a tight end, you know, but yeah, more like a seventh round tight end than a third or fourth round tight end. Um I I think we might have the same situation As we do almost every year with the 49ers, is that they all look like they're fair prices, but when you think about how they all get there, then it's you know, when you think about actually projecting them, then
2: they all look too
1: expensive. Um,
2: yeah, that's that's the that's kind of the but you still need a baseline, right? Like, I think this was this was actually kind of a fair question was it Rashi or Debo, right? Rashi Rice or Debo, if they're both in the fifth. If they're both in the fifth, I'd probably be leaning Debo, if only because Rashi still so has a lot to prove. Um, but.
1: Yeah, I think that's probably where I'd go too. We've seen Debo put up these three hundred point seasons before, whereas Rice is not necessarily a proven thing yet. So there's a lot of risk and not necessarily more upside. So I think I think Debo is yeah. just kind of the rational choice there.
2: Yeah, and I mean, I mean Rice Rice just got tackled, I think, on the one yard line, and then Pacheco <laughs> took it in for a touchdown. So, uh, you know, I mean, it's it's good that he is emerging as a viable option, but he is definitely going to be pretty pricey next year. There's like yeah. no no way mm-hmm. around that one. Um, all right, here's another guy, uh, unsexy veteran, um, Elijah Moore, who caught four of twelve targets for 83 yards in the Bronzes week 13 loss to the Rams. Uh, you know. Moore and uh the Browns, his current quarterback, I can't believe I'm saying this, Joe Flacco, <laughs> spent time together with the Jets last year. Um, it didn't really matter though, because like it wasn't until Amari Cooper uh was out for the game did did Elijah Moore really come on, right? Mm, yeah. Like he became his key target. He saw nine targets without Cooper on the field. His biggest catch was sort of this 42 yard in the second quarter, right? Um I think they're gonna start clicking a little bit more, but again, with you know Amari potentially back, like it's gonna really tie me where Elijah Moore is. So, like, has Moore done enough this year to really be a guy who you'd consider adding to your best ball teams next year at all? Or, or, or what are we doing here?
1: Yeah, I mean, it all depends on the price, and I think that's the interesting question: uh, where, where does he go, and where does it make sense to draft him? Just pulling up his stat explorer here you can see a lot of wide receiver three performances cleveland obviously has not had a great passing offense this season um Mm -hmm. with so many injuries and even when watson was playing he didn't look great cooper had some good games but um yeah i think this is definitely an encouraging Mm -hmm. stat line um you can see A scenario where if Moore continues to get these kind of targets, like if Flacco is under quarter is under center for a few more games and just looks Moore's way a lot, that we get a situation emerging where Moore kind of overtakes Cooper
2: as the wide receiver. It's gonna happen, dude. Like like Amari, I know, I know. This is like our biggest like. I think I think Amari's still good at the game. He's old, but he's good at the game. Um. Well. Al Ball actually in the chat says Cedric Tillman has also been making noise this past few weeks. Um,
1: yeah, six targets today, twenty yards. Yeah, um, right. Only caught two of those six. Um, it's interesting. I would love to know how they were kind of using him in this in this game. I don't think we have the Monday review stats no, I don't up think for we'll week,
2: yet uh, for this. I updated yet? Yeah. I mean, I think the biggest issue, obviously, in all this. Deshaun Watson, man, the guy just doesn't look like he's ever played football. Like this, this does not look like the same guy, right? Like it looks like, uh, like if uh, the monsters stole all of his talent. and This is what you, what you laugh with, which, <laughs> which I mean, like, like it just. I mean, it is what it is. But like you know, uh, the reason we're discussing these unsexy guys is because you know it's really difficult to draft a guy full of the super sexy ones, and then you have to figure out. Which of these guys you want to have on your roster? Like, who has upside? Like, I feel like Elijah Moore is still a guy who does have some form of upside. Exactly.
1: Um, he hasn't been necessarily that efficient this year.
2: No, he has not. not. I mean, a lo- like, but no like, how much box. of that do you blame place blame on Deshaun Watson? Right. Although, although Marty's been pretty. I mean, Marty is just he's kind of the same guy. Depend no matter who's throwing at the ball. Um. Yeah, Amari
1: Cooper. I mean, to your point, he's been good pretty much every season. Uh, I'm always a little bit of a hater, but he does actually perform well. And now my computer is being he just, weird. He, but he, he, um, he just does. I mean, he, like, except for this season, as you can see,
2: yeah. 1.9. Nah, how much of that is him? How much of that is him? And how much of that was like, like the Deshaun Watson shit? Well,
1: right. I think that's the point. Is that playing with Deshaun Watson, who doesn't seem to be a hundred percent, and Dorian Thompson Robinson, who's the other guy they started. I can't even remember. Uh Flacco,
2: uh, PJ Walker.
1: Yeah, that's right. Um, I, I, yeah. Like... So I think that there is definitely something to be said for you know when you look at how Moore's performing. Not all of that is on him, and uh, today was a pretty well, I don't know about encouraging, only caught four of 12 passes, but to get 83 yards um, is pretty good. So yeah, I like Moore. I don't think he's going to be that expensive in drafts next year, so I think I'll still have some. Um, Yeah, I don't know. Would you be out if he were like an eighth rounder?
2: On on Amari or Elijah Moore? Moore. I'm way out on him, man. (laughs) Yeah, depends who the quarterback is, I guess, of course, but yeah, it's just. I mean, it's going to be Watson, but yeah, but like we still like he's still a guy who I think has upside. You know what I mean? Like Elijah Moore, and that's where like like I think I think as much fun it is as it is it's such a such a eat your vegetables steak. It doesn't necessarily make for good radio, but it makes for strategy. and that you need to figure out where you're thinking of take some of these unsexy guys or even teams that feel like they're dead. You know? Yeah, I've done like, because. Because little... this is where, like, th- like this is where you can make stands. You know what I mean? Either that, right. or like a a bunch of mispriced rookies who are just going way too cheap. But like, 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 like Puka Nakua was going just disgustingly cheap. You know, or stuff like that. But like, you still have to fill out a full roster of eighteen or twenty players, right? So yeah, yeah, right.
1: No, I mean, I've done some research in the past on how, in best ball, at least probably people are overvaluing. Um, kind of that wide range of outcomes type of player um, because of how devastating it is to have a roster spot that's basically dead. Um, mm. You know, so guys who are, you know, the older veterans are maybe a little bit more valuable in best ball than they are in managed league. So a guy like Amari Cooper might have more value on a best ball team than you, you would otherwise think. Um, and uh, one of our... New writers Jake Bose actually did a little write up on this concept last week too, which was pretty cool. So, yeah, definitely go check that out as well. But um I think that there is a case to be made for for kind of still drafting these guys like Amari Cooper, even though it's kind of gross.
2: Yeah, it's just I mean it's just the nature of the beast, right? Like we need to fill fill this stuff up, but we can't just go out and like you know having a having a conversation on on a dud guy. <laughs> right, um, but but you know, again, with the, uh, on on a game with you know, where there wasn't a lot like, to really go off. Oh, I did have a question for you, like regarding running backs. Uh, DeAndre Swift today, he did nothing. But where would you consider taking him next year? Oh man,
1: that is a tough one. Um, man, if you had asked me like two weeks ago, I would have said he's probably almost a first rounder, and probably
2: I could. Get on board. Don't that you don't think you can put him in the first? They don't they don't you think he'd be like a third? Don't you think? do you think? He, yeah. That, the first question is: Does he return to the Eagles? So let's just this thought experiment. Let's assume he does return to the Eagles. Um, right. But so I mean, he, he's phenomenal, man. He's looked
1: really good. Um, still, that fourteen point six PPR per game average is not not quite at the level you want for a guy who you're who's going to be a first rounder but I think we believe he does have the upside to have like a 300 point season right or even more so um it's not necessarily that what he's done this year is enough to vault him into the first round but mm-hmm. what he's done this year is enough to show that the Eagles want to use him he's got the talent he uh he probably profiles he has the profile of a guy you could take in the first round but Um, yeah, obviously it's kind of, there are, uh, I guess a lot of kind of confounding confounders both with Hertz kind of taking the, a lot of the goal line carries and, um, the Eagles also not, well, I guess today was kind of a weird game just because, you know, you lose by 30 points to the 49ers. I don't know how much we want to really read into this,
2: this box, but yeah. This one was a this is a tough one because like the Eagles really looked at a lot of sorts, right? But like like you want to talk about another offense that was overdrafted this year and is going to be overdrafted next year, but you know, it's just figuring out how to play the Swift, like how to play Swift, right? Yeah. Because um, he backslid. Like he he started like what didn't he open it like four or five, and he said all the way down? Yeah, he was like
1: a sixth rounder, I think, by the end of the offseason. Um and yeah, I mean, obviously part of that is just because he's a you know, guy that, you know, Detroit gave up and to draft a first-rounder over him. Um, so I think those there were legitimate questions about that. And obviously he should have been higher in terms of his talent. You know, he did get six targets today, even in a game that where the script was going against the Eagles. So it's good to see yeah. that they were working him into the passing game. On the other hand, Kenneth Gainwell also had six targets. So it's not as though he has a lock on the backfield passing work, which I think is one thing that kind of keeps him maybe out of the first round. I wonder what
2: happens if, the, I guess Rashad Benny is like a big question, right? If he's still around, if he's there next year, he might be invited <laughs> like snag. I don't know. I mean, has he been active once this whole season? I think he's been active a handful of times. He's done nothing yeah <laughs> it makes it difficult right like um but yeah it's just one of those one of those things that i just like these are these are things that we need to actually have a well, or at least research in the off season, i think because i gotta pull up that mm-hmm. uh, i'm gonna pull up his contract right now oh yeah so it looks like he might actually be on the team next year nope he's gonna be a ufa
1: oh interesting so that changes a lot in terms of how you would value him going forward. Um, we're
2: seeing Yeah, and then some... also Swift is also going to be a UFA, right? Yeah. Yeah, um, right. Cobra Kai speculating Swift to the Vikings which could that, be interesting. That might, that might make sense. He does have that, like he does have that kind of uh archetype of player, right? Like he does kind of profile a little bit like that. Dalvin Cook, uh who people expected Madison to be type of guy. Um, I don't know how Back the Vikings to are gonna Detroit pay him. Yeah, I mean I don't know how the Vikings are gonna pay him though, because that's a team that's like in straight up gap hell. Yeah. Um, you know, it is it is what it is. Um so Swift on
1: Vikings, Cobra Kai says I'm round five on Swift. My question is, does Swift even last that long? Um I don't think so. I kind of am seeing Swift going in the second Christian Watson scored his
2: second touchdown of the night. And of course I forgot to put him into my roster. Yep. Scored his second touchdown of the night. <laughs> of course I forgot to put him in. Oh, man. Um dubs. Uh, yeah, actually this is this is a question about a rookie. A rookie wide has done pretty well. Jaden Reed, uh as of as of our recording, he's got four targets, four catches, sixteen yards, right? Like, where does he go next year? And also Dontavion Wicks. Like, this is, like, a pretty interesting young wide receiver core. Where are we taking these guys, man?
1: Yeah, these guys are pretty interesting. I think Reed especially has looked, has done some stuff that um, kind of signals he could have a much bigger role in the future. They've Mm -hmm. used him not only as a receiver, but also as a runner, kind of not quite Debo Samuel-esque, but kind of a poor man's Debo Samuel in that way. Mm -hmm. Um, I don't think any of those guys are you know going to get more expensive than eighth round maybe unless they have uh you know unless they kind of explode down the stretch but hmm. um yeah i mean you're looking at so far this season Jaden reed 500 yards and five touchdowns so yeah i guess if he can get up to close to 800 you know actually maybe he, then we're talking about um a really promising rookie uh in the kind of josh gordon mold that i was just discussing so maybe i'd yeah. be happy taking him in the third then but uh, <laughs> but uh i for whatever reason i don't see the rookie receivers on the packers getting that expensive but i don't know maybe that's just kind of i'm kind of you know, that's kind of a vibes take what do you think
2: no i think you're right i think i think realistically this will be watson and, and dobbs are expensive maybe not expensive as this year and then i think Wix is will be Wicks are gonna be really cheap. Yeah, and Wicks I think I think Reed Reed and Musgrave and all those guys, like Reed is gonna be the one the most, but he's gonna be a guy who you can reliably pull pull in. Um I think I think I think Jordan Love might actually be a target in the QB window as well. Um that's kind of interesting. Would you be happy drafting Jaden
1: Reed if he were like early fifth? No, I would not. Yeah, I mean obviously all those is although, available, but
2: yeah, and that's but like in a so vacuum. It sounds rich, but like on the flip side, right? Like on the flip side, um, like the the plus, at least the plus side, is his draft capital. He's a second round draft pick, right? Um His profile nothing, not exactly great, but you know, he's the only what second round draft pick that they've spent at wide receiver since Christian Watson last year, and Watson was the first one since Devontae Adams of like, right? That's right. And I second I just don't pick, think he's he was gonna... also uh. Eighteen-year-old freshman breakout,
1: as I recall, and then had some injuries. And then he had, a, then,
2: well, then he had to transfer, right? Right. He, he transferred away from Western Michigan to Michigan State. That's right. Uh, yeah. So weird college he was career, ineligible. but he
1: was he was very precocious.
2: But his his college said. career is tough because like he was ineligible for a year. Then they played COVID-shortened season, and then he like exploded. Yeah. Right. Uh he definitely spent way too long in school. Um, but the second round draft capital means he's gonna like at least get some kind of opportunity. Um he's probably I I don't know, like, I have a feeling that he might just be like an eighth round guy, right? Yeah, like an eighth rounder. And
1: I'm talking myself into having a hundred percent of him if he's going in the eighth round. So look at this. Let me pull this up real quick. This is his box score scout. Um yeah, we don't have the draft pick in there yet so i'll have to fix that but yeah uh 18.6 breakout he had a 33 percent dominator as a freshman in western michigan misses a year and then transfers to michigan state and plays three seasons where he's still uh pretty good from a market share perspective but never quite um well i mean actually his 2021 season was pretty good but uh yeah that early break yeah that's what
2: i was saying his 2021 season was pretty good Right. They're I don't really know why. Great. I don't. That I don't really know why important. he stayed. I don't know why he stayed. Can you hit the Sims? Yeah. Yeah. Co- yeah remember Cobra Kai asked pick? like, "Where does? Hmm? Do you remember what? Uh, 50. fifth. Fifty. Do you want his height and weight and forty and any of that, or just no, leave it? No, that's in one. here. That's in here already. All right, that's already in there. Um, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Shepard is a good comp. Randall Cobb's an interesting one. Christian Kirk. Christian Kirk's a really good comp. Yeah. Manny Sanders is probably Manny in
1: Sanders in terms of. What he he's done in the NFL might be like the the
2: uh, actual absolute ceiling, absolute ceiling. Yeah, But yeah. I don't know, man. Being being a year early on like a uh, Christian Kirk type breakout or second year would be pretty sick. That's true. I mean, when you think about a guy like Christian Kirk,
1: though, like eighth round sounds fair. You'd never consider drafting him in like the fourth round,
2: right? So. That's a, that's kind of what... because Cobra guy just brought this up. Like, where is Christian Watson going? And he might earn that four or five turn again. And I think he might, right? Like, he, uh, he's, yeah, he's really come on of late. I mean, the flip side is that he missed a lot of chunk of time earlier because of an injury he suffered sustaining in camp. And then, you know, again, he seems like he's still very raw, um, which is not a good thing to be saying about an Ascendant second-year <laughs> player. But, yeah. you know, on the flip side, he sort of has done, you know, his – taken over like as a primary alpha wide receiver, right? Like as, as a primary target getter, right? Yeah. yeah, like look at this.
1: Right, a lot of kind of duds. This 20 points was still not quite enough. You must have been like the wide receiver 13 that week. Um,
2: yeah, it was because
1: it was close. Right, because normally you'd see 20 points get you into the top 12. but uh, Yeah. And then today... Well, last
2: week was also a fairly high, high-scoring week. A lot of players were were playing. Right, right, right.
1: And then today, obviously, with the two touchdowns, he'll be he'll be uh, above that. So, yeah, I mean, Watson, if he can keep up this level of play, I think you definitely see him get fourth round. Again, um, it's kind yeah, of the was, same thing as what we saw last year with the with the uh, you know mostly wide receiver three performances and then these spikes. Um, yeah. So yeah, he had like one good month, man. <laughs> like right, that's the crazy part, that,
2: right? I don't know, man. I think I am going to be in on Jaden Reed, right? Like you kind of want to be in on those guys. Like these 32nd year. The you second, definitely second do. You
1: break. definitely want to be in on Jaden Reed. The question I think is at what price and given his profile, you know, Eighth it's kind fair, of man. like, like we said, it's, it's tough to make comparisons for him because his college career was so, uh, so kind of weird. So if he's playing well, and I mean, would you draft him ahead of Christian Watson? No.
2: I just don't think you have to, right? Like, you, like, probably I still think... you probably won't have to, but... No, like, like I, think, I think you're not going to have to draft him ahead of either Dubs or Watson. Wow. Like, Dubs, I, just, I just
1: don't... Dubs, maybe I can see you would, but... Um... No, I, I can see you wanting to. I
2: don't think you'd have to.
1: Yeah, maybe not. Who is Steelers QB in 2024?
2: Yeah, I don't know. I think it's still going I think, to... I think they're still going to give Pickett... Pickett one more year, but man, um I don't know where I'd be taking picking the Deontay, bro. Like that's a tough one.
1: Abrupt change of topic, but that is something that I do want to discuss because that Pickett's is like,
2: was probably my favorite. Yeah, he's my favorite, favorite pick this favorite year. Yeah, I think he's season. part of the reason why a lot of my teams are dead, actually.
1: <laughs> <laughs> um yeah, obviously today didn't do a whole lot. Pick it didn't play the whole game. Um what's the i don't what's the latest news on his injury on Pickett yeah,
2: oh, he's out for like two to four weeks ago he had ankle injury so. he's probably done for the season on yeah.
1: yeah, so I mean Pickens had eighty six yards today, only five targets uh obviously pittsburgh you know they didn't throw the ball a lot even though they were losing the entire game, so
2: I don't know what to make of that. The Steelers called big Dad. Uh, yeah this was uh, this was a this was a tough i mean this was a tough game right like, because they had uh two different times the game was shot because of really bad inclement weather um right. and like what, like at that point, what do you do? The running game was actually working against the cardinals and then the- I, it was working for on both sides. it also got super windy Trubisky is not very good like oh, like what do you do? you just sort of roll over and die that's so what the Steelers did exactly
1: i mean i think there's a chance you don't see pittsburgh drafting a quarterback and starting him right away probably so what really are the options um if pickett is not the guy of the future which he certainly doesn't look like he is
2: yeah uh i don't know man like that's going to be they probably need to figure it out um i think they might take a flyer on someone in the draft um right someone uh shiffer's shiffer in the chat said mentioned that ben is pushing 350 right now (laughs) uh yeah well they do need some linemen so he could help he could he could could definitely be a pretty good plug-and-play at right guard right now um Uh. so
1: considering kind of the uncertainties in at the quarterback position for pittsburgh where do you think pickens and Deontay go next year i mean pickens was basically a fifth round pick
2: I think I think Deontay uh, sticks around to the fifth round, but I th- and I think I think Pickens only slides back just a little bit. Can't be that much. Yeah. It prob- should be like a probably seventh. Maybe he's goes in the seventh to eighth. Maybe. But, I think it
1: would be fair to have to see him slide a little bit just because we've seen kind of that he is not able to overcome a really bad quarterback situation. Um
2: Pickens? Oh today, yeah. today well last week last week they were like Focused on getting the ball to Freer move than Deontay, and this week they started the season like the week by saying we want to get Pickens the ball, we want to get him involved, and they just went out there and did that. Like, yeah, she had like all four of his catches came early.
1: Yeah, I'm looking at this take. No way do I take any Steelers wide receiver if Pickett is the QB, and I don't, I don't a hundred percent disagree with that if they're going anywhere close to the prices they were. That, yeah, this they year at. Right? I still. I still really like Pickens and I think he's a really good player and I yeah. still want to root for him and want to have shares of him, but it's going to be tough because I mean, as we've seen the quarterback play really seems to matter
2: here, man. Like, yeah, it's a tough one, right? Like, cause that's, that's really, like, I, I really hate saying it's a tough one because like, it's our job to eventually figure this stuff <laughs> out or at least try to, that's kind of what we're trying to do here is figuring this out. But like, I think I'm still gonna take. I'll be underweight Deontay and underweight Pickens. I still want some of them in my in my rosters, especially. But if I'm keeping Week 17 correlation in mind, or trying to find a correlation, especially when it is with uh, other AFC North teams, right? Like you know they play them twice. Potentially, you get you get a good a good a few good like bring back guys. Um, I really don't know uh, how you build around it. I mean, Pat Pat Freemuth might actually hopefully be cheap. And he can become like a te too. I doubt mm-hmm. it, but like, yeah, man. Like, um, I guess the real question is where does Jalen Warren go next year? Like, how, how, how early does he go? Right? Because he's been, he's been, he's been starting to see like almost 50 50 work with, uh, with, sure. with Nanji, right?
1: For sure, yeah. And I mean, you had seasons in the past where you had Chubb going in the second and Kareem Hunt going in the fifth so i don't think it's crazy to see warren as like uh you know like outside the zero rb range even um might be tough to get that high if the steelers are not (laughs) look like they're not going to be good um i mean on the other hand you know i think they're on track to make the playoffs still so even after this loss Um, yeah
2: it's right isn't it crazy
1: it is pretty crazy. Um, so, yeah. I don't I don't know. I mean, I guess you could see Warren going in. I think he'll definitely be at least a seventh rounder. Maybe even higher.
2: Yeah. Yeah. That's such a good point. Um, and then I wonder if Najee, Najee comes down a little bit.
1: Right. Right. I can definitely see that. Like, he is more. I mean, I think he probably is in the third round. Oh, man. I don't think Najee's going to be a third rounder, bro. You think he... He's slipped more than sticks. that. Yeah, I think he's gonna go really low. Hmm. It depends on how the kind of how the touches shake out at the end of the season. Obviously, they are giving Warren more touches than I think we expected them to. If you assume Najee was gonna be healthy the whole season, which he has. So that's kind of like a, a positive surprise for Warren. Uh so that might be enough to move Najee down even more, but he's still you know, basically almost double the number of carries that Warren had, uh, and the same number of targets. So still it's not quite a 50-50 split as much as kind of a 6633. So I don't know if Najee moves down that much just because he's still gonna look like the RB1. Yeah, Cobra Kai makes a which, good point. Mm-hmm. Is there any price at
2: which you'd be in on Najee? <laughs> eighth or ninth round <laughs> like, <laughs> like uh cobra guy makes a good point they're the white like naji and warren are probably like, going to be at like, the washington RBs of this year the mm-hmm. market didn't know what to do with them they go back to back um al paul says harris goes if harris goes in the third round we as a community have failed yes <laughs> i think i think it's i think it's uh i think we want naji to go in the third because uh we just know the full fade And good luck to the people who. are – Good luck to the Slappies. I mean, like, like there's not, not, like, those are the, those are the kind of easy mistakes you want your opponents to be making because this, like, we're already taking from each other's pockets here, and it's very difficult for us to win. So you know, you might as well pray. You're 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 dealing with guys who are the rake there. You know what I mean? Like, it's it sounds really callous when when I put it that way, but like, um it's very difficult when everyone starts drafting like the same way as you guys do. Cause then, cause then you get shift and you shift into, um, taking riskier, uh, or, or, you know, creating riskier builds, um, because everyone's drafting so efficiently. And I think that that is the hardest part, right? Cause like, cause like at, at, at the base level, it's still a very much peer to peer game. Um, and, uh, I love thinking through the problems, but, you know, we're trying to bring, bring you guys, ways to win or at least some to find some form of value for you guys so we've got we've got a differentiated point of view and that we can win you know as a community and we need the community at large to fail to us <laughs> um so so it is so it is tough it's just it's just it's just really identifying it's uh, identifying those early landmines you want to be out on man and then just hoping you're right a little bit um like, 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 like this year, Najee was such a comfortable fade, and you know, I, I don't think we're gonna get that. Like, ne- I don't think we're gonna get that next year. I think, I think, I think there's oh, man, gonna I, be
1: a decision, a real decision point, on a real Najee. decision.
2: Yeah, yeah, like a I could
1: definitely decision. say I never even considered Najee in a draft once, probably.
2: I mean, actually, maybe I did take him if he slipped like two rounds, but um, right, yeah. Because you don't want to be complete, especially if you are drafting. Yeah, Pitt will know what what to think of Najee if they pick up his option or not. Mm -hmm. Um, I mean, I'm like a noted
1: Najee. I don't want to say. I think everyone in
2: this. I think I think everyone in this community is not a fan of Najee at cost.
1: That's true, but I'll say he's actually been probably better than you think this year. Like he's. But that's the thing. Yeah, I think I think low expectation. He's playing no. His his FPOE is kind of right at zero. Uh, so not great, yeah. but still fine. He's he's uh but breaking he's, tackles but, and picking up yards after contact at a higher rate than we've ever seen in his career. Um But he's not he's not doing he's not gonna win you weeks, right? <laughs> You, yeah, for sure. I mean you know, the ceiling it. of 17.3 underdog points is not gonna not gonna get it done. And he's just he's definitely been overshadowed by Warren, which I think is another reason why uh why you his price could fall quite a bit. And yeah, I guess my only point is it's actually it could be a difficult uh difficult choice in 2024 where man, if he comes in and is like a sixth or seventh rounder even. Like, does he make the zero running back watch list? Does he feel like, does he feel no, like, he probably but does. Doesn't, like, he doesn't, but, he uh, but that's a funny question. Uh, but if there's no way Sean's putting him on that list. Yeah, no, I mean, I was just
2: thinking of something like the Josh Jacobs corollary, right? Where everyone was so, con- like, so overconfident and then he smacked, crushed that price. And then this year, that's true. I you think were kind of, you were kind of that- proven, right? Well, with but, but Josh Jacobs, there's a lot of other confounding issues yeah. going on with it, but like, But like to keep it simple, right? Like we were overconfident in where we think he was gonna be and what he could do. And then he crushed that. But with with Jacobs this year, like we were like we were like proven correct. Like why why do you want this guy on your roster? Right? Yeah, AL Paul, please keep Najee out of Cincy, since he's got their own Najee and Joe Mixon. (laughs) It's 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 all good, man. Um it's just it's just so frustrating because um uh like the josh jacobs runner was so pure for everyone who just went in, all in on him and like i don't see Najee ever getting that kind of like target share and like you, you know like it would it would mean that like Deontay is hurt and then pickens is hurt and freemouth is hurt and they're gonna miss large swats of the season to where you can give him a comfortable 25 percent plus target share right I just don't ever, like, th- that is just not in, like, the realm of outcomes for Najee at all. So, like, I think ninth round is fair. Right. There definitely doesn't appear to be a path
1: for him to get to the, uh, to the Jacobs level in terms of what Jacobs did last year. Um, with Yeah, and that's, a, it's
2: such an anomaly because Jacobs can get there <laughs> right? Yeah, right, right. Um, I
1: guess the other thing that, Makes it tricky is that Najee is probably not even the best running back in his own Yeah, field. that's the thing. So even like if Warren's, even if he is a lot cheaper, like even if he is a seventh rounder, if you can get Warren around the same price, even, you I maybe, mean, they're, they're,
2: they're going to be the same price. That's maybe the thing. You prefer him. Yeah, I, th- I think I would prefer Warren, right? Like even in, in here, especially in hero RB builds, right? You just take one guy and then you just Warren.
1: Yeah, that's I mean it's tough because you you kind of have to assume in that case that the Steelers are going to come around to the view we have which is that Warren is better than Najee. They're doing it or, now. I mean, they're doing it now. Well, not quite. I mean, Najee still is is clearly a, you know, I think it's more than 1A. I think he's the one and
2: Warren's the two still. Um yeah, but I mean Warren's also much smaller right and this is what I, this goes back to what I was mentioning about like um h n at the start right like yeah. if if the finns want to bring in someone, it's gonna be a big bodied plotter because <laughs> because h n is tiny, right, like you don't want these guys taking up garbage uh up the middle runs and risking them getting hurt right. because their value comes from being this guy who can touch the ball and then be gone i mean that's that's that that's how like CPAT made a living. That's how Monster has made a living, right? Like, like there's such a rare skill set for these guys to have. I mean, I mean, Diary Kill is by far and best, by far and away the best guy at this. And so it's rare that you have other guys in the league with that kind of like speed, right? Like, why wouldn't you p- protect them? And like it's not like the Steelers have like phenomenal, like Deontay is not exactly fast, Muth isn't exactly fast, Pickens is that guy um and then Warren right 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 and it would yeah be... as, as, assuming the Steelers are awful again next year with Pickett playing from behind he probably to the receiving back in Warren yeah that's right yeah Paul like he, that's a really good point
1: I think that's true I agree with that but I don't necessarily think that the Steelers think of Warren as the receiving back because they still give Harris a lot of targets so that's I think the only uh difficulty in terms of projecting them now you know that said i do think warren is more talented and i think you should be chasing talent and i'm going to be drafting warren way more than harris might even draft yeah. him ahead of harris if i have the option yeah. to take both but uh yeah shift says a contender would be, be lenny aware of these of these kind
2: of elements because you know pittsburgh doesn't seem to agree with us yeah but that's a great point i mean from shift right there where he says a <laughs> contender is lenny 2.0 yeah man like is just so scary <laughs> to think of something like that, right? Like, oh man, like just getting because we know the kind of style of back that he is, and if we get him in that right role, man, like I think I think it's very difficult to shy away from him. It's just it's just a question of, uh, I mean, he won't be. Like, like Yeah, it, it goes back to what Sheffield mentioned earlier, where we're just hoping to see what the Steelers do with him. But yeah, right. I, I mean, right. like. You know, the 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 season's still not even over and we're trying to do these postmortems, but it's always interesting to try and at least think about these valuations that are in flux, uh partially because we're also gonna have to be playing these guys as we go through our um underdog, underdog um uh wildcard drafts and then eventually the playoff challenges, right? So like it's important to think about think through what usage should look like or will look like when when you know the rubber really hits the road in the playoffs here.
1: It's a good time for postmortems because so many of my fantasy teams are
2: dead. Or dying. Yeah. It's uh, actually, I'm in a I'm in a hard spot because I forgot to swap out dubs for Watson in this one league. Oh, so man. tough scene.
1: That's tough. Yeah. Uh good news, it looks like we are gonna win our our uh Pentagon draft. So we've got uh the only thing that can bury us would be like a 70 point game from Joe Mixon, which knowing my luck. That's yeah i mean
2: game. yeah well it's also evan
1: ingram yeah ingram okay so ingram gets 20 and mixon puts up another 50 point
2: game so it's not impossible We could still lose yeah i yeah as someone just said uh, uh cobra guy just asked what percent am I advancing on dk mm. it's a fluctuation between 23 to 27 percent. so that's a wild just a wild swing out there right now like it's just like every time i open up my app it's just like <laughs> oh i'm down and i'm up and i'm down and i'm up and i'm like all right i'm just gonna I'll just wait through it because cause there is a big game tomorrow, and tomorrow night, Bengals and uh Jaguars. Yeah. Uh, I've got a good amount of Christian Kirk. Uh this year, a decent uh chunk of ETN is gonna be playing as well. Um obviously I have Jamar Chase and, and T. Higgins. Um so you know, it really really is gonna be a, it's, it's gonna be a pretty tough week, a few weeks here for me. All, 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 all we're hoping for is a week 17 sweat right like that's all the best you can hope for that's right
1: yeah all right anyone else we need to touch on we've been uh we've been talking for a while
2: yeah and thank you everybody for hanging out with us we really appreciate definitely, it if you're if, if you're a listener only we do we do uh, recommend coming and hanging out with us sometime
1: yeah come hang out live you can get your take live on the air we'll answer some questions not necessarily good answers but how is my fishbowl team? Uh, it's a uh, Sam Howell, Tagovailoa team. So
2: that should have been better today. So Let me pull. It uh, up. I we, we we didn't discuss this, but can can someone like who watched that game either tweet at me or tell me in the chat, like what happened with Washington? Why did they turtle? Right. Because like that felt like a game that um, Washington was going to throw a lot on. And then like Miami came out and punched them in the mouth a bunch of times. And then the, like, the commanders just straight up turtled. Like they did not. Yeah. Historical anomaly started Howell over Love <laughs> and SFB. Like we were expecting a lot more passing volume. And instead what we got was more Brian Robinson. So I, I didn't watch that game. So if anyone can tweet at me or, or post it in the chat, like I would love to know what happened because, um, I think that was like the low watermark for Howell in terms of pass attempts in a very long time.
1: Yeah, definitely.
2: Um, You know, in
1: in the article I wrote this week, the wrong read, I was suggesting that, you know, it would make sense because Miami, number one, doesn't have a great defense against the run and obviously can score really quickly. This is like the one game where it would make sense for washington to just give the ball to brian robinson and waste as much clock as possible and down 20 (laughs) well yeah (laughs) (laughs) all right we just want to get out of here it can only work for so long against miami i guess they forgot that part
2: well i mean they also had a bunch of defensive touchdowns yeah um a tough a tough scene for me uh, I, I faced I faced Miami in a, I guess someone who had the Miami defense in a must win game and uh, it's 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 not pretty when the Miami team outscores your highest scoring player. On my team, <laughs> I think I think I'm getting like my I think man completely ran like like the my opponent is too waxing me right now and to add like insult to injury, it's the worst team in the entire league. So, <laughs> and and who's to say that
1: my strategy didn't work? If the goal was to keep the point differential down, then Blair's strategy would be sound. I mean, yeah. maybe if if they had passed more, Miami would have won by fifty. That's true. Yeah. Um, yeah. I don't think my fishbowl team is gonna make it into the next round. It was a no, it was mostly okay. mostly Atlanta based, and I was hoping for some big games from Howell and Tonga Vailoa. Uh I think I I started Drake London and benched Kyle Pitts on the one the one week when I should have done the opposite. I should have never started Drake London. Honestly,
2: dude, that's been such a tough, a tough one. Um, friend of the podcast, Michael Dubner, has been taking Drake under London, a uh, Drake London unders all season, and I think he's up quite a bit on that. Yeah. Um, uh, next year, CJ Stroud after Mahomes, who we're drafting at a similar price. I think I'm still in on Mahomes, um, but because I do would expect that Houston actually addresses it. The, de- the defense is actually pretty solid. So they, I think I do think that there's going to be a snapback in terms of passing volume. Um, we're seeing that right now with Kansas City. Like, like part of the issue, at least with some of these elite quarterbacks, is where he's taking them, where you take them. And I think Blair and I experienced this in our FF, FPC team with Lamar. Is uh, even even though him and I were, we're, we're uh, uh, yeah, uh, even though even though we experience this like crazy run out like with the mar like where we picked him we we agreed he was like the pick the right pick the way we played it Uh, we just had a bad run out and it's always going to be the case with these elite guys because like um you might be missing out on some of these impressive skill guys whereas in our me we waited so like we had aaron Rodgers and we waited um and so our backups are like howell and birdie and, and, and Al Paul in the chat mentions that Brees Hall run out this year. It seemed they could have been a smash with Rodgers. And yeah, we, we discussed that with Pacquiao a couple of weeks ago. Um, it, what really sucks is the, the thing that sucks the most is we were right, right? We were right as a community who were all taking Brees Hall. We were 100% right. And, and there's nothing we can do to cash in on those Sklansky Bucks. Nothing. Like there's just we're never getting this price on Brees Hall again. He's going to be an early first next year. We cannot cash this in. Like we're 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 left with knowing that our process was correct. The thought, the way we attacked it was appropriate. Our our risk tolerance was uh, was accurate, and we still cannot cash in. It just shows you how difficult it is to win in this game and this league, but also that we have the correct process, yeah. right? And that's like, that's I and mean, when and when people say process over results, this is kind of what they mean is. We just need to find the situations next year, and that's where we're that's where we're at right now. Is we're trying to get ahead of these situations right now.
1: Mm-hmm. Definitely, uh, good note to end on. So thanks again, everyone, for hanging out. Uh, it's Been a lot of fun. We had a lot of good talks. I'm talking like we're like we're done. We'll be back next week, nine o'clock. We're gonna be back Maybe next with a week. Guest. <laughs> uh, so yeah, thanks for hanging out.
2: And uh, oh wait, anyway. uh, they're asking about Chuba. Yes. Chuba has done a phenomenal job, just sort of sidelining Miles Sanders. Um, definitely an RB one or no, an RB two down the stretch. I think uh, I don't. I think it's too early to decide what's happening with the Panthers next year. And I really want to see Chuba continue doing this. But for all of us who've been taking him late, um, let's just enjoy this for what it is, man. Which is just again, a, a, where we were right and. Um, Unfortunately, I don't have enough chuba on teams that matter. <laughs> so, right. Next season over
1: under on chuba's ADP we'll say like pick uh sixty.
2: What do you think? Oh man. Uh if I under like by over you mean like pick <laughs> yeah. want to two? Yeah, I'd be way over, dude. I think way I think like Chuba's like I think chuba's like a twelfth rounder, thirteenth rounder. Oh wow, okay. Yeah. Because there's, cause there's an entire QB window in there, right? Like that's where, like the the Cuba,
1: I like David's comment here, I yeah. Mean, to do what he's done on the Panthers, that's got to be that's pretty. Yeah. I mean, Sanders it's... looked like a good running back last year on the Eagles, and now is one of the
2: worst in the league. So, I mean, it's the whole team is like. I mean, the interesting, the interesting thing is, is that a lot of projection systems. Still, aren't giving Chuba the kind of right volume that you'd expect. I I just don't see projection systems moving quick enough to understand that that the Panthers have decided that they need to shorten the clock, and that's more running. Right, right. It's Um, just so weird because they paid they paid Miles Sanders, and they're not just giving him the rock.
1: Well, he sucks when they give it to him.
2: (laughs) Yeah, I know. He's he went from the penthouse to the outhouse, but he's still in the penthouse, (laughs) and they paid him a ton. Yeah,
1: yeah, he's he's not he's not hurting. Um, uh, Jonathan Mingo with ten targets and sixty nine yards is that something? Uh,
2: no. And <laughs> 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 this entire Panthers offense right now, I mean, it's it's it sounds like, like 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 genuinely the issue with the Panthers right now is it sounds like there's like two different wars happening, right? Uh, I'm interested in Mingo next year, yes. Um but like it really comes down to whether or not depper is gonna continue meddling because it sounds like he's a very active owner, which again, not the worst thing in the world uh it's just it's just not necessarily what you want when you're when you're um uh a football team right and i, I think that like he was he's expecting some kind of more immediate results. I think he's the second time they fired a head coach in season mm-hmm. right um so I think it becomes. A bigger, a bigger issue there, and I, you know what? Look, at the end of the day, it's his team. They can do whatever they want. We've made a lot of fun of the S two cognition tests. Um, yeah, I think they might actually bring in like, like they might actually take uh, an interesting approach to team building next year, where they might actually be patient. But you know, yeah,
1: yeah, uh, we'll see. I mean, it doesn't appear that Bryce Young is the answer at quarterback. I mean, obviously, we've seen rookies struggle and turn out okay, but I don't know that we've seen many who end up being good struggle to the extent that Young is. And obviously, he doesn't have anyone to throw to, so it's not entirely on him, but there's no question he hasn't looked good. Um, so, yeah, it'll be interesting to to follow this team for sure. Um, don't draft too many fantasy players on it, though. Yeah. All right, for real now thanks again for hanging out everyone uh hopefully you made it through this whole thing there's some good nuggets in here maybe um but in any case we'll uh we will talk at you next week